This episode of One Hit Thunder is brought to you by DistroKid. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on a regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why am I facing Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. It wasn't my intention to mislead you. It never should have been. This week, we're joined by my good friend Joey Ritter to discuss Martika, a Kids Incorporated success story who scored a number one hit with her heavy single, Toy Soldiers. The song serves as a vague cautionary tale about the dangers of cocaine addiction, but it's hard to interpret how Martika herself factors into the equation. Is she the voice of reason, or was she at any point the voice encouraging a friend to enjoy another key bump? We'd assume she was the sensible one, but one viewing of her intense dancing in some other music videos left us asking questions. Step by step, heart to heart, left, right, left, we all fall down. Into another great episode of One Hit Thunder. One hit is all you need To make the money guaranteed And you can live off royalties Forever And it makes me wonder Is it just a wonder Or is it one hit thunder Alright, Joey, you're finally on the pod And we're here to talk Martika I gotta ask you, what is your background with Martika. Did you grow up listening to Martika? Was it something you discovered later? So it all came from a text message conversation I was having with producer Matt, just trying to pick a song. And I, I actually locked in another song that I won't mention because I'm sure it's going to appear on the podcast at some point, but it came out the exact same summer of 89. And as I was starting to kind of jot notes down about that song, Toy Soldiers just kind of came to the forefront, and I said, ooh, what? And then I texted Matt back and said, well, what about Martika Toy Soldiered? And he, he almost Matt Kellyed me and said, you know, he screenshotted some Wikipedia other, yeah, you know, charting songs. Yeah. And <laughs> Fafalius was the overruler. Yeah, I overruled it because this is the only song people remember, and we can credit Eminem a little bit for that, too. Eminem gave this song a little bit of a resurgence past 
riding with my mom in her car and her having this album. Uh, my, my mom was actually a Martika fan, at least enough to wow. buy her cassette and listen to it in her Chrysler LeBaron. So I have a little bit of uh, background with Martika as well. That's interesting that you, that because this, this song is a very elementary school, maybe high school a song, I would think, more, more so than it crossing over to adults. But maybe, you know, if your well, mom is rocking it, then... You, you know how those elementary school kids love songs about cocaine addiction. <laughs> yeah. Keep in mind, my mom was 33 at the time this song came out. So my mom was good bit younger than I am right now when she was rocking this song. I thought it was really cool, and I don't know if either of you guys grew up with it at all, but I loved Kids Incorporated when I was a little kid. It would come on very early in the morning on Saturday mornings, and I could catch it every once in a while, but I loved it. I think it was one of my first, I don't know, exposure to people playing music so martika coming from that made me like her even a little bit more kids incorporate it's weird because i definitely remember watching it but it's one of those shows where i look at the years that it was active and i guess i was watching it in syndication because i think it was canceled before i was born but like yeah. they just kept it going for a while. It's kind of like that show in the Mickey Mouse Club. Like so many semi-famous people stemmed out of those two shows, or at least people who had like these moments of popularity for a little bit were part of that scene. Did you watch Kids Incorporated, Joey? Big time. Yeah. I mean, she Big was <laughs> she was fantastic on that show. I mean, I know Fergie was on there too, and she was great, and she, you know, I think was on for the whole run of the show, but Martika, no matter who was singing, no matter who was performing, your eye was just always on her. And I don't mean that in a creepy way. I just mean, you know, the way she danced, the way that even when she sang back up, she just was the star power of that show as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and we'll get into her dancing. Her dancing is wild, and it is a big part of the Martika experience. You can't forget, Joey, that also on Kids Incorporated was... Mario Lopez. Mario okay. Lopez and Jennifer Love Hewitt. Oh, Jennifer Love Hewitt was on it too. Wow. So back to Martika. She went on from Kids Incorporated. She had an uncredited role as one of the girls in Annie, you know, the movie oh, version yep. of Annie. Mm -hmm. And then she and some of her Kids Incorporated uh, fellow members uh, were featured in several musical numbers from the Mr. T motivational video, Be Somebody, be somebody or, or Be, be somebody's, somebody's Fool, fool. <laughs> yes. in 1984. So if she's doing this in 1984, Matt, I think I'm in the same boat as you. Any Kids Incorporated I was watching was after the fact. They were still yeah. replaying the episodes. Because I was like, why when I was a kid did I not try to be on Kids Incorporated? It was probably because they weren't making it anymore by yeah, the time it I looks was like watching it. it, it Went into syndication in 84, and then Disney Channel ran the syndication from 85 to 94. So that was definitely, uh, I was watching it in syndication for sure. And Chris, I'm glad that you brought up the Mr. T thing, because just to quickly give a shout out to the Patreon page, as soon as I read that, I was like, all right, Patreon bonus episode is Chris and I are 100% going to watch that Mr. T special, because you can find it on YouTube and discuss it, because that thing is wild well, i have that, a blue is that wet. what mother is from mother's from that nice it does one of my favorite things in like bad rap songs from that time period which <laughs> which is spelling out the word but rapping it where it's like m is fold away <laughs> yeah and also i like in i 
did they actually do this in any rap songs or was just this just when someone was doing their impression of rap in the 80s? It always starts with my name is blank and I'm here to say <laughs> is that a, was that a thing that ever actually happened in a rap song <laughs> or was that just something that people did like parodying rap songs? The closest I can come up with is like Run DMC had a lot of those things where it's like maybe not I you know and I'm here to say but it's like my name's DMC the all time sure. great above the most rhymes in New York State okay, like, here to say though things like you know I was gonna make us do them uh, on the spot but you know I, my my on the spot would be my name is Chris and I'm here to say I love Martika in a major way <laughs> I'm here with Joey to right. talk about her. I, I I trapped myself trapped myself in a corner. You, I will not be in a freestyle competition any anytime soon. But uh, I'm trying to think. All right, I'm I'm thinking on the spot here. Got to start without my name is Matt. So my name is Matt, and I'm here to say that I love podcasting nice. every day. <laughs> like, <laughs> Joey, you got one. We're putting you on the spot. I, I think we'll we'll end on producer Matt. Okay, all right, all right, all right, fine, fine. <laughs> Let's get back to Martika. Okay, so her first single, and I think this is really funny. Her first single after, you know, she's going solo was a song called We Are Music, which was released under Martika and the We Are's. <laughs> and it was released in Japan. And I think it's really funny because, like, that's almost wrong to say We Are Music. That's almost like something that you would see a Japanese artist singing in English. And you'd be like, oh, that's funny. The that's grammatically incorrect. You know, I saw lots of stuff like that yeah. when I was in Japan, but it's like she did that. She she should know better. We are music. That that doesn't really make sense. It's uh I listened to the song, it was all so, right. It was pretty uh, you know, electronic pop. So that's that's what she did but you're saying between Kids Incorporated and her first uh solo album that Toy Soldiers yes. was on. Yes. Okay. I was wondering that because there was a, like a two year gap there. So we can get into the song Toy Soldiers in a second. But when I think about this song, did you ever you saw the movie Toy Soldiers as well, right? I did. not. I have not. OK, I I don't know why I remember this movie. Someone at a sleepover when I was a kid rented this movie <laughs> and I was shocked to find out that the song Toy Soldiers does not in fact appear in the movie Toy Soldiers that came out just two years later, which starred uh, Sean Astin, Will Wheaton, and L Louis Gossett Jr. Wow. And it is like a action movie, kind of in the same realm as like a Red Dawn, but it revolves around an all-male boarding school that gets overtaken by terrorists. Oh, I uh, And a group of rebellious, mischievous students decide to use their their prankster skills to fight the uh, the terrorists and save the school. I can see the Gosh. trailer. Yeah. Well, Matt, this might come as a surprise to you, but Martika did not, in fact, invent the concept of toy soldiers. No, I'm just saying you're, it's two years after the single came out. You think that they would capitalize on like trying to get that song in the movie. <laughs> yeah. She had to wait for Eminem for that. Does this song give you guys a vibe at all with those background kid vocals of sort of being like nightmare and Elm street? Oh vibes? my I, Chris. I put this song on my horror mixes at Halloween time. I put this on my Halloween mixes. Cause there's something haunting about the way this song is. Yeah. So I have it on my notes here. I wanted to do some market research in 2022. 
I wanted a fresh <laughs> set of ears to listen to Toy Soldiers. So I had my 10-year-old daughter, who I think was the perfect age. So she listened to it. She gave it an 85 out of 100. And I said, okay, wow. well, what were the points off for? And she said... The, exactly exactly what you just said. The kids, we he had just watched Nightmare on Elm Street this, this past Halloween, and she said it, it was creepy and reminded her of Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this song, though, it's very ser- serious sounding, and I guess I didn't, one thing I didn't research at all was the subject matter of the song. I mean, these verses, I don't know if you guys are familiar with, it was a very minor hit for Madonna, but it was a song called Oh Father. Are you guys familiar with that song at all? Mm-hmm. It's a very, no. very yeah. serious song, which sounds like maybe her father was abusive or something. I don't mean to assume that, but it just kind of had that vibe. And this song kind of puts me in the same mood as that song. But did you, were you saying that this song was about cocaine? Yeah, so here's the exact quote from Martika. Uh, she wrote the song about a friend who was battling cocaine addiction. I was a little hesitant because I had only written two songs before it, and they were both very light, poppy songs. Came up to the producer, Michael, and I said I wanted to write a song about drug addiction. Uh, it was the first time that I got the nerve to write about something that scared me so much. And then Wikipedia also said, according to the episode of pop-up video in which Toy Soldiers was featured, the friend in question did eventually conquer their addiction. So it, it has a positive. But this tie, this wow. ties in perfectly. If you remember in the mid to late 80s, the Nancy Reagan Just Say No campaign. I don't know if that reached Bell Vernon, but oh, yeah. in the greater Philadelphia region, the Just Say No was all over the place. And... I was 100% convinced that I would be walking home from school and somebody would offer me crack. Like they they had me hook, line and sinker. I you know, you, you'd come home, you'd watch Tiny Toon Adventures on TV and there'd be a commercial about cereal, there'd be a commercial about GI Joes and then the scariest possible drug commercial. I remember being in elementary school and there being days like when that whole Just Say No campaign started, that they gathered our entire class together to watch the cartoon rescue, oh, uh, yeah, cartoon yeah, yeah. All-Stars to the Rescue special, yep. where it's like Garfield and the Smurfs and like just, Kermit and Piggy save a kid from cocaine addiction. And just Michelangelo from the Ninja Turtles, not the yeah. <laughs> Only Michelangelo makes the cut in that. But as we all know, the Just Say No campaign completely worked. So yes, no, there's no drugs anywhere now. <laughs> no, no, that 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 cured drugs. Um, but I was very surprised when you told me because I once again I didn't look this up. I thought you were going to tell me that Martika used cocaine because if you watched any of her other videos, you'll see her dancing like a fucking maniac. (laughs) And I would assume that she was doing lots and lots of cocaine before she made these videos, but apparently not. But the lyrics even kind of imply that she might, because like I was thinking about that when I was typing up the lyrics for the notes, but it says like, how can I be so blind to this addiction? Like, I get that. Like, okay, I didn't realize he was addicted. But then the line is, if I don't stop, the next one's going to be me, which sounds like she's also doing a whole lot of cocaine. Yeah, I'm telling you, go watch those music videos. She <laughs> she dances so feverishly. It's like I, that I, I'm so excited episode of uh, Say by the Bell. Yeah, except she doesn't stop and cry. She just keeps going with the dancing. <laughs> very, very hard. I, I'm not kidding. I don't I'm not saying that Martika is necessarily the best dancer, but I don't know. This is serious. I might be because Michael Jackson and and people that dance really well, you know, they're they're like effortless yeah. in it. You know, it looks like they're not like exercising really hard, but when you, when you watch Martika dance, 
wow. Yeah, she's really trying. She's putting she's it in. dancing hard. <laughs> and yeah, but we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, interesting, interesting. I mean, I I do like this song. I guess it's it's that chorus is really good. Yeah, I feel like the verses in this song could could take him or leave him. If you just gave me a song that was just 10 straight minutes of the chorus and that step-by-step heart-to-heart part just like looped over and over and over again, I'd, I'd be like, this song fucking rules. <laughs> I just need the kids choir saying, won't you come out and play with me and the chorus. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the pre-chorus is great. Only emptiness remains. It replaces all the pain. Like that's, I don't know. I love that part. But it's just, yeah, it's her vocals. It's oh, the passion. Yeah. Emptiness remains. Oh yeah, I forgot about the pre-chorus. You you skipped right over the melody of it. I'm yeah. like, damn, what's he talking about? Also, oh, that's good. I mean, shout out to the fact that she did co-write this song. Like, she co-wrote this song with Michael J, uh, who also uh, did some songs for Celine Dion. It's a good ass. That that chorus and pre-chorus is fucking phenomenal. It's really yeah. good. So so here's yeah. what I find the most fascinating and one of the reasons that I just wanted to talk about it is basically this song evaporated from my life for a good 20 years. So the the summer of 89, I'm I'm 7 going on 8. I can tell you more about 1989 than I can about 2013. It just was a prominent summer in my life. It's the summer that Batman and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids came out. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I remember going to see Batman pulling up and seeing a line from the box office 100 yards out on the parking lot. You're never going to see that again anywhere. But, yeah. you know, so I listened to the song like crazy that summer. And then, you know, as you kind of move into the 90s, like that song didn't make it to the 90s. It, it was... She was, I think she was just maybe two years kind of past where she should have been. If this song came out in 86 or 87, I don't think we'd be on a one-hit wonder podcast talking about it. It just had such an 80s sound to it that, you know, the decade was just about to change. And it's like, you know, all aboard the 90s train. Sorry, Martika, we got to leave you in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Nir- Nirvana came along and wiped out hair metal and Martika. Sorry, Martika. <laughs> exactly. So because of all that, you know, when Napster comes out and burning CDs, like I never downloaded Toy Soldiers. I never thought about it. It didn't, it wasn't until the streaming platforms to where the song kind of popped up again and instantly took me back to that summer and just made me feel so good. I just, I don't know. I love the song. See, and I discovered the song in college because I was four when this was at its peak of popularity. So I, I missed the Martika train when it was, uh, when everyone was boarding it. But when I was in college, my friend Lorelai loved this song. And I would bring like my speakers and my laptop for whenever she was having a party. And she was like, hey, can you download the song Toy Soldiers? And as soon as the first time I heard, I was like, this song fucking rules. And then. It pretty much stayed in my rotation from that point on. Hey there, One Hit Thunder listeners. Are you ready to take your music to the next level? Well, get ready to rock because this episode is brought to you by DistroKid, the ultimate digital music distribution service for artists like you. With DistroKid, you can easily upload your songs or albums to online stores and streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple Music, and YouTube Music, reaching fans all around the globe. But that's just the beginning. DistroKid offers a ton of awesome features like HyperFollow, which helps you promote your releases and get pre-saves on your songs all for free. But wait, there's more. The DistroKid app is now available on iOS and Android. 
With the app, you can manage your releases, track your streaming stats, and even withdraw your earnings, all from the palm of your hand. And for those looking to perfect their sound, check out Mixia. This powerful tool allows you to put the finishing touches on your tracks in minutes, ensuring they sound polished and professional every time. But that's not all. DistroKid has just launched a brand new feature called Instant Share, allowing you to easily share large files securely with collaborators, producers, and more. With Instant Share, you can keep your music streaming at the highest quality while making the best impression possible. So what are you waiting for? Elevate your music career today with DistroKid and unlock a world of possibilities. Possibilities that I know all about because I've been using DistroKid for years. It's seriously great. If you haven't used it before, you're going to love it. And One Hit Thunder listeners get an exclusive offer, 30% off your first year with DistroKid by signing up at distrokid.com slash VIP slash One Hit Thunder. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash One Hit Thunder. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your song. Hey there, are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Toy Soldiers! is a legit hit. A lot of songs that we cover on here don't actually go to number one. They're popular. Maybe they're in the top 20, maybe top 40 for some, but Toy Soldiers was the number one song for two weeks in 1989. A true hit. And I want to just highlight what what Martika blew past <laughs> to hit to that oh, number one. Number yeah. two, Prince Bat Dance was Wow, I was just going to talk about the Bat Dance. Yeah, okay. Nice. So Bat Dance was happening. Express Vale. Yourself Vicky by Vale. Madonna was at number 3. Wow. Bobby Brown on Your Own was at number 5. On Our Own from the Ghostbusters yeah. soundtrack. We talk about that song every episode. Wow. And number 6, I just threw this in there. Usually I just focus on the top 5, but I don't know when I'll ever get to mention Simply Reds if you don't know me by now. Oh. What a what a song. <laughs> I love that you song. You will never, ever, ever know me. <laughs> yeah, that's impressive. Madonna, Prince, and Bobby Brown. Yep. She leapfrogged all of them to go to number one. That is pretty impressive. Chris, she she basically had Sidney Crosby's rookie year and nothing else. Like She killed it in the yeah. minors with Kids Incorporated, gets to the yep. NHL at 18 years old, puts <laughs> yeah. up a 100-point season, and that's pretty much yep. it. 
And that was it, man. Yeah. Then, then she got a career-ending in- injury, and that that injury was the '90s. Yeah, that, the injury was grunge. I, I want to talk about some of the other songs that she actually got on the charts because she had a song called "The More You Know," which it's more than you know. Oh, sorry, more than you know. I was going to say that is that is some '80s ass shit. If it's "The More You Know," well, <laughs> like, I want people listening to take note of "More Than You Know." is look up the YouTube, the music video of it. This is the most late 80s music video imaginable. And she dances really hard in this video. This is a prime example of Martika's intense dancing. Proceed. (laughs) The other thing I wanted to call out is that her other charting single off this self-titled album was a cover of Carole King's I Feel the Earth Move. And I only want to bring that up because I've been on a weird carol king tapestry kick this week love it love it's it. such a good album you get the gilmore girls theme song in there yeah that's one of the worst songs but okay, probably good. but you get you get i feel the earth move you get the original version of you need a friend like what a perfect singer songwriter album you're <laughs> forgetting you're forgetting the doesn't anybody stay in one place yeah. anymore oh, that's king like one rules. of the best songs ever if you if um, you have hbo max there is a concert film that they uploaded last month that's just James Taylor and Carol King on stage just playing songs and talking about their history as like best friends in the music industry. And it's just wholesome and charming. So if you need a an hour and a half to just listen to good tunes and feel good about James Taylor and Carol King being best friends, that's that's your documentary recommendation for this episode. Well well, speaking of concert films, Matt. The music video for Martika's version of I Feel the Earth Move is like live concert footage, more really hard dancing. But watch that video. And it's like Martika's the lead singer of like a punk band. She's like <laughs> rocking out hard, like up in the bass player's face, like licking the strings. Not really, but basic, basically like she she really puts on a good live show. Watch that video. Although in her cover, she definitely does that thing that sometimes female singers do. And this is the second episode in a row where I'm going to talk about Kermit the Frog. But she gets that like Kermit quality in her voice for like one word. I put my notes. It's when she says the word down, like Scott Cumberland down. (laughs) I, I can't really do it, but I know you guys know what I'm talking about. The sky's tumbling down. Also, I'm watching. I I have the uh, I Feel the Earth Move video playing on my phone right now. And you are not over-exaggerating on like, you could put like Blitzkrieg Bop underneath this and the video would still sync up and make total sense. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Martika brought it. I'm telling you. It's all that Kids Incorporated training. Those kids, you know they were cracking the whip over at Kids Incorporated. (laughs) Solid. Solid album. Canadians don't fuck around. They're like. (laughs) <laughs> There's a lot of good dance songs. Uh, I mean, you know, it's it's the ballad that that was the hit, but that self-titled album, "Feel the Earth Move," "Water" is a song, "Tarzan and Jane," "Cross My Heart" was a good one. That was that was the only album I listened to start to finish. I read this fact, and it's I feel like it's both funny and kind of sad. But in 1990, as we were talking about, the 90s kind of just threw Martika to the side. Her manager was like, "Maybe you should write some songs for movies." So she wrote and recorded a song with a terrible title called Blue Eyes Are Sensitive to the Light 
for the <laughs> Jeff Daniels, John Goodman's killer spider movie, Arachnophobia. Wow. And the producers liked the song, but didn't like Martika's vocals, so they just had someone else sing it for the soundtrack. Did you listen to it, though? No. I listened to both versions, and there's there's no discernible difference. I mean... <laughs> There's no reason not to like Martika's vocals in the original because what they went with was just nothing more special. I was also kind of confused because I have never heard of this song, but it appears that it has been covered a lot, <laughs> like three or four different artists, none of which I've heard of, but like three or four artists have decided to cover this Blue Eyes Are Sensitive to the Light song. So, I, I mean, I guess she's getting some residuals for writing that one, I guess. Good for Martika. Can we talk about the 90s hitting and where Martika went from there? You mean yes. right into the bat dance arms of Prince? <laughs> well, yeah, she did have a song that Prince wrote, which I don't like that song. No. Well, there was there was a couple. Which one in particular? The love um, the w- thy be done or whatever. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That song. It means she's got a beautiful voice. The video is soothing or whatever. But that song feels like it's building up to some kind of chorus or crescendo. It just never happens. So yeah. apparently, it was a prayer that Martika had written, and Prince was just like, "We're gonna put that thing to music." And from when I listened to it, that's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually wanted to talk about. I texted both of you guys about this last yes, night. Yes, this music video. <laughs> and we got to get into, if anyone's watching this right now, maybe pause the podcast for a second and watch the music video for Colored Kisses from 1991. The 90s hit, Martika realized like, oh no, my style of music is going out the window. So she decided to get way sexier. <laughs> Colored Kiss is a very sensual song, and I took so many notes. I just, I was sitting here like audibly, I'm by myself, and I'm like out loud yelling things at the screen. <laughs> um, it's a very sensual song. She's in a bathtub. That's fine. Um, and it's very safe to assume that at this point in her career, she feels like she wants to express her sexuality. And that's cool. I'm down with that. That's awesome. I'm, I'm all about it. There's bubbles in the video and then you know i'm watching it you know you can't really see any nudity she's under the water it's fine and there's bubbles and she's with a man and then at some point she puts her finger in the man's mouth i'm like whoa that's a that was a very that's a very sexy moment there was something (laughs) just like really like over the top about i know that's not a big deal but like i i was i i found it shocking uh, when she put her finger in the man's mouth i was like okay and then i was like damn she's getting in the tub with the man i'm like whoa and then it was like the water is like really milky <laughs> <laughs> like that water wasn't that milky before and then <laughs> and then in the milk water it's a very small tub for two people and in the milk water he touches her breast <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. And I was like, you know, I'm no prude. I've seen, I've seen shocking things, but I was like, I wasn't expecting this from the Martika video. By the end, they're basically having sex in this milky water. It's, it is, it is out of control. Okay. I, I love it. I'm not hating on it. I love this video, but the craziest part, I put this in all caps, bunch of exclamation points, but they're in this milky sex water. And then at the end of the video, 
he spit he like spits out a stream of the milky sex water which means they have sex in this water it's very milky uh, aside from the sex two humans are in this water he puts the water in his mouth and spits out some white water from his mouth i'm just like this is so over the top i loved every minute of it i if if i was if i was Anywhere on the fence with Martika, I was like, man, I love Martika at this point. Yeah. Um, and the song wasn't bad either. <laughs> I want. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a bummer because the album that it appeared on, uh, Martika's Kitchen, uh, yeah. did not perform really well at all. Uh, and really, shortly after that, she kind of walked away. Like she she had a, a band briefly with her husband, but for the most part, she just kind of lives a quiet life in Ohio. Like. Just being, just being a wife. Well, Ohio. Yeah. After all that, she went to Ohio. Yeah, Dayton. No, <laughs> Dayton. She lives in Dayton. She lives in the same town as Night Beast. <laughs> I gotta hit. I gotta text him and tell him to go hang out with Martika. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I appreciate the tip on Colored Kisses video because I would not have. Uh, that wouldn't have come across my radar. But I think we need to recast the guy in the video. I, I I didn't think he was that cool. Like he looked good without his shirt, I suppose, and he was laying next to the bathtub. And I like the move where she puts her leg over and gives him a little foot bop. You know that's not happening in my marriage, so I was totally turned on. But I think like at the same time, Matt LeBlanc was doing the Diet Coke commercial where you know he's in construction and all the office women look at Matt LeBlanc, take a sip of Diet Coke. If we can recast that guy with Matt LeBlanc, I think. Oh, okay. I mean, I do think it makes sense though. I'm like, when I was looking at that video, I was shocked that this was pre reality bites because it had a real Ethan Hawke in reality bites vibe with the casting. I, I mean, I guess it depends on when in 91, but this is still, I feel like just slightly pre slacker chic look the only qualifications for this video were will you take your shirt off will you swallow some of martika's bath water i mean and, i mean <laughs> are you trying to say I, that there wasn't a lot of applicants because i, I would imagine right. there probably was plenty <laughs> <laughs> that's something that, that's something people definitely say like i'll oh, drink her bath water you think a lot of guys were saying i drink martika's i'm pretty bath sure water. no doubt wrote a whole song about that concept oh yeah that's true that's very true <laughs> so uh, I mean, do we want to break down the the lyrics? Obviously, the chorus. We kind of there's nothing really to to really break down yeah, step by what, step, what's heart going, to heart. What's, going but, on, what's yeah? What's going on lyrically? It wasn't my intention to mislead you. It never should have been this way. What can I say? It's true. I did extend the invitation. I never knew how long you'd stay. When you hear temptation call, it's your heart that takes takes the fall. great line. W won't you come out and play with me? Yo, hold on a second. <laughs> How is this about cocaine? No, I have a really crazy theory right now based on Whoa. that second verse. It's true I did extend the invitation, but I never knew how long you'd stay. Was Martika the one that introduced cocaine to this guy's life and didn't Whoa. realize that he would get so hooked? Back up. I have an even <laughs> crazier theory. I'm taking you one step further, Matt. Is this song written from the perspective of cocaine? Oh my <laughs> like god. The, the personification of cocaine? <laughs> I think it is. I mean that's an interesting well, theory. I don't know that that's true, but that's I like it. I mean <laughs> it, you got to uh, did you watch the music video? Yeah. I mean it kind of tells the story. She's a schoolgirl and then she's an older schoolgirl and then the 
the guy with the leather jacket is going to come and, you know, make things bad and, and they kind of struggle. And it, I guess he it, dies at the end because she puts roses on his grave. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't know. Was the guy with the cocaine or was the guy with the the leather jacket supposed to be the personification of cocaine and is beating the addiction when <laughs> the guy in the leather, I'm trying, I really want this to be <laughs> written, written from the perspective of cocaine. Cause I would like the song a whole lot more. If that's the case, I think that's amazing. I, I do. I think we've talked about this on a previous episode, or maybe you and I just had a conversation one time when I was in Pittsburgh for like a marathon recording session. I do love songs written from the perspective of of the drug. There's only a handful of them, but they are pretty dope when they do happen. I think you got something here because the only line I in the song I don't really understand is "Won't you come out and play with me?" I'm trying to like connect that. I thought that was you know her younger self, sort of you know just being reminded of being a child. But if it's told as the drug, then it's cocaine saying "Won't you come out and play with me?" Yeah, I mean that makes sense. That one hundred percent makes sense. Cocaine, a little line of cocaine standing up with, with with little eyes and a mouth and a. I picture a little top hat. Let's come out and play with me. <laughs> I mean, why why not? Aside from that, guys, I've wanted to do this forever in my own music. I feel like it's it has to be done at some point. Using a kids choir in a song, when is it not awesome? Dude, it is always awesome. I think I introduced you to this when we did the the Halloween songs episode, but there's that like that dead man's body project that's literally just Ryan Gosling and a children's choir doing music together and it is the perfect fall album. Like it's just so cool and spooky. Like I agree with you. If if you have the opportunity to throw a children's choir on a chorus or something of a song, you should do it because it I mean, always sounds great. <laughs> like, I mean, think about like Jay-Z, Hard Knock Life. Yeah. You know, I know it's sampling Annie, which, holy shit, if that is sampling the movie Annie, there's a chance that Martika is on <laughs> Jay-Z, Hard Knock Life. Whoa, <laughs> we are connecting some dots here. I love that Rocket Summer, What We Hate, We Make song, if you happen yeah. to know that as a kid's the kids choir in it i love yeah all the kids pop albums you can't go wrong with that you can't go wrong from writing from the perspective of cocaine this is good what what else any who would do a good cover of this now eminem did sample it but who's gonna cover toy soldiers and knock it out of the park all right so this ran through my head for a split second when we were joking around about like how nirvana showed up and it was like sorry hair metal and Martika, but the 90s don't need you right now. I think Stone Temple Pilots. I was like, I needed to figure out which <laughs> grunge band. I think Stone Temple Pilots during the like third album Tiny Music era where they were going Jeez. a little bit more psychedelic could do a really weird version of Toy Soldiers. Oh, I'm not hearing that at all, but I mean, I love to hear it, but... <laughs> I can't even picture it i can't even imagine it i know that's how that's how unique that cover is <laughs> okay all right i i'm thinking more you know uh, what how, how has billy eilish not done it yet yes <laughs> yeah she would absolutely crush it she would annihilate it i mean i think you get paramore you could get miley cyrus yeah. i mean those are obvious choices miley could do a really good version of this too I could see. I, could I don't want to hear Miley do it. I think I think Miley's cool, but man, 
I just am not. Other than Party in the USA, that song's kind of undeniable. I'm just never feeling Miley. Oh, songs. really? I was when Bangers came out. That's when I took notice. I love that yeah. We Can't Stop song. Yeah, that one's all right. I just every time I hear something by her, I'm like, I I think she's pretty cool. I just don't like her songs. Yeah, I, I mean her cover of Jolene though, top top tier cover song. Sure. She's a good singer. Yeah, I'm not denying she's a good singer. She's no Martika. No. So did yeah. you guys get really later in her career? Like, you know, well, first of all, in the year 2000-ish, she appeared on BH1's Where Are They Now? Which I always wonder what the conversation's like between her manager and, and the artist. Like, hey, we got an interview for you. Oh, great. What is it? Oh, it's VH1's Where Are They Now? But she was so professional on it. You know, she said she's she took a break in the 90s. She always had people doing things like her laundry and now she's, you know, she needed to kind of learn life for herself and now she's getting back to music. So she, so she was on that episode, but she did a duo with her husband in 2003. I, I guess it's called Opera, but it's with two P's, O-P-P-E-R-A. Yeah. Guys. There's a song called Why. It's off the album Violence, which is also spelled incorrectly. But <laughs> it's it's like that is a hit song. The song is called Why. It's track two. Listen to that song. It's very, very good on first listen. Wow. Yeah, the thing I read about opera was that they referred to it as like a Latin pop band. Does that sound accurate or not even close? Well, it's it's very early 2000s. It's kind of like Natasha Bedingfield, like uh, Liz Ooh. Fair's poppy album Ooh. that she had. It's it's it, yeah. you can you can get yourself there. Um, right. And the album cover, you know, talking about Martika's sexiness, she's like in a a bondage outfit, tied up, uh, about to get a knife thrown at her. So you know, wow. I don't know. I guess we're here. We're here, and I I kind of feel like. There's not much doubt about this. I, I mean, everything I saw Martika, I thought she's pretty badass. I mean, my, I feel like her only downfall is that she kind of stopped. But she, at that point, she had been on Kids Incorporated. She had already had, like, an entire music career. By the time Toy Soldiers was the hit, she had – it wasn't like she was around for two years in and out. Like, she had been around for a while. She'd well, done and, that thing. And you also have to give her – credit where it's like if if toys if you took kids incorporated out of the out of the picture right and we were just talking about a pop star who kind of came out of nowhere had a hit in 1989 and then by 91 was like i'm exhausted i'm walking away like that would be somewhere be like uh but we're talking about a person who was a child star for like what five years before this happened I have no doubt she was exhausted and burned out by like having to perform all the goddamn time. So like I agree with you like because of the the kids incorporated aspect is really important in that whole like walking away after the second album because man, especially 80s child stars, they didn't give a shit about those kids. And she was killing it on Kids Incorporated. Like, she's just singing Pat Benatar and the Go-Go's and every difficult possible female song, she's just slinging them. And I pulled up a list of all the songs that were covered on Kids Incorporated. It, it's it's Ooh. so big, you can't even process it. You know, I, it wow. doesn't break down who was the singer, but... Gotcha. Uh, what I would say about it is 
I'm gonna I'm gonna be first to say this. I'm giving her a thunder. And I would have gave her a thunder if she finished. <laughs> I still want everyone to watch the video. If she would have finished filming the more than you know music video, and they would have said, that's a wrap, and she would have been like, All right, I'm done. My <laughs> I'm done with music now. I still gave her thunder because she really, really danced so hard. She danced, she danced for an entire lifetime of dancing <laughs> in that one music video, let alone all her live performances and everything. She really put it all out there. Martika, if you're listening, so much thunder. I thought you brought so, so much thunder. So that's my call on this one. What do you guys think? Uh, I mean, I'm also going with thunder. Also, one last thing about the Kids Incorporated show, just because when will I ever get to mention this weird fact? But uh, for you Bloodhound Gang fans out there, their first album features a cover of the Kids Incorporated theme for no real reason. Wow, I do love that theme song. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, my only regret is not picking a song that leads to a good debate at the end because it is my favorite part of the show when it's all this subjective talk about if the song's Thunder or Blunder, but you're not going to hear me use the words Blunder and Martika in the same sentence. Thunder all the way. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Fafalios of the bands Punchline Pack and Another Cheetah and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, you're hearing The Getaway off the Punchline album 37 Everywhere. Visit punchlion.com for merch, tour dates, and news. Do you want to start a podcast? Then contact Chris and I at weknowpodcasting.com for how we can make your show sound as professional as possible. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. And tune in next week for another episode of One Hit Thunder. To deal with. We all saw it coming. For now, let's just pretend to be the best attempted best friends. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life. Uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week.
So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind Podcast. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday.